Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to All the Books, a weekly show of recommendations and enthusiasm regarding the week's new book releases. This is episode 54, and today we are talking about books released on May 17, 2016. I'm Liberty Hardy, here with my fellow redhead Rebecca Shimke, and we're coming to you from BookRiot.com. Hello! Hi there! We're doing this a week early. Yes. So I... by the time people listen to this, like I could have disappeared into the ether, I could have gotten on that bus and no one ever saw me again. Um, we'll probably be locked up somewhere in Chicago yeah. for causing trouble at some party. We could have matching clown tattoos. Like, who knows what happens when this airs. Us with matching tattoos is not out of the question, but I think I would fight you on clowns. Yeah, it was the first thing that popped into my head, probably, (laughs) because I'm looking straight at the Pilo Family Circus on my shelf right now. So, (laughs) clowns. Yeah, there's a lot of potential for interesting things to happen between right now and when this show airs. It's true. I was just saying to you, I was like, wait, I can't talk about these books. It's not time yet. And I was like, oh my goodness, right. I know, it's very strange. Like, I have gotten into the routine of like I'm reading for next week I'm reading for next week and this week I tried to do two weeks worth of reading in one week which is never advisable but now I have two weeks to do the reading for the show for the 24th and I feel wild like what else (laughs) could I read (laughs) what else could you do a few of these I read a long long time ago and I was like oh I'll reread them right before the show Yeah, I don't know we were, what I was thinking. <laughs> when we recorded yesterday, I was like, I'm going to go read the rest of The Gene by Siddhartha Mukherjee, which is my first pick, and I'll talk about it later. But I read like four more pages of it, and then Bob and I decided that a really good thing to do on a Saturday afternoon is drive an hour and a half to go to Ikea. Oh, I don't think we have one of those around here. <laughs> uh, so Is it we did like that a religious instead. experience? I mean, in the like sense that you want to sacrifice everyone around you. <laughs> no, <laughs> it yeah. is. I hear, I hear speak of them, but I've never actually seen one. So it's one. I think it's a um, necessary evil. Yeah, like we're remodeling and we needed things, so it was IKEA, and it was like, well, I guess we'll just do this. You just have to like give yourself over to it. Yeah. The only thing I know about IKEA is from the Deadpool movie. So, oh, which I haven't seen that yet. There was <gasps> it's out on DVD on Tuesday, and or if you're shoot. listening to this last Tuesday, <laughs> <laughs> what is time? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know that the first book you're going to talk about this week is one that everybody has been so excited about, and I can't wait to hear about it. I have managed to know nothing about it until really? right now. Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm going to like tell you because you should just no, like, no. I've been waiting. I just want to. I want to. I want to learn from um, you. This first pick is a deliciously nasty, fabulous novel. I loved it so much. It's called Girls on Fire by Robin Wasserman. Um, She is so fantastic. Uh, People who love Megan Abbott, take note, you want this book. Um, It takes place in Pennsylvania in 1991 at a high school. Um, It opens with the death of the star athlete. He has wandered off into the woods on Halloween and taken his own life, and people are kind of reeling from that. 
Um, their main character is Hannah. She is a quiet, uh, sort of unassuming girl who hangs out with nobody. She doesn't have a lot of friends. Um, she gets picked on a lot. And around the time that this athlete dies, uh, a student at the school, this sort of dark, mysterious girl named Lacey, takes a real interest in Hannah and wants to be her friend. And Hannah can't believe it because she's plain and Lacey is scary and mysterious and she wears, uh, it's like the grunge era. So she's like really into grunge and ripped jeans and fishnets and combat boots and, you know, mascara. And she changes Hannah's name. She starts calling her Dex because her, her last name is Dexter. So she starts calling her Dex instead. And she turns her on to Nirvana to listen to all this music and go to parties and drink and kiss boys. And she does all this wild stuff that she had never imagined. But as the year goes on, it looks more like she's sort of, she can't tell if, if they're doing the right things or if she's kind of leading her down this path of destruction that will bring no good. And it kind of spirals out of control. They're, they're partying and the things going on around them. Lacey's home life is, is terrible. It's narrated back and forth between Hannah and Lacey. Um, and she's not sure if, if Lacey is her, Hannah's no longer sure if Lacey is her salvation or if she's leading her to ruin. Um, mm -hmm. and it's all like it, the backdrop is just like, the, you know, if you did not like high school, this, you know, then you, <laughs> this is the book for you. Cause you'll be like, yeah, that's what it was like because it's, it's amazing. I mean, she is so good at nasty girls and horrible things and it's, it's so awesome and dark and, um, you know, it's, it's the early nineties. So Satanism, like when I was in school, oh, right. like Satanism yes. was like, everybody was a Satanist, you know, like everybody was, watched the craft and then yeah, decided exactly. that, that was a real thing. So like, you know, they're worried that like this kid went off into the woods because of Satan and they think that like the school thinks that Lacey is a Satan worshiper and, and, you know, so Hannah shouldn't be hanging out with her and. Um, she brings in, like, all these these things, you know, like like I said, Nirvana, like Kurt Cobain is, like, who they worship in this book, um, which really spoke to me. So I was just, I was thrilled because this is when I was in high school, and I was like, yes, people are that nasty and horrible and weird, and, and it was awesome. So, again, it is called Girls on Fire by Robin Wasserman. Maybe I'll read that in the next couple of weeks after this show, since I'll have, I'll feel crazy with all my time for reading. Oh, it's, it'll go so fast. So, so fast. <laughs> and it's just like, Ooh, that's nasty. Ooh. So I need a plane book, a plane. Oh, a plane, like P-L-A-N-E. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, An a airplane plane book? book. Like, like boring. Like, I don't know. I no. can't help you there. <laughs> yeah. The thing I really like to do is just read stuff that puts me to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like, I don't know how that works. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Yeah, you have to be familiar with sleep first. <laughs> yeah, I don't like to do that. I, oh, I just took a really nice Sunday afternoon nap, so I cannot support your statement. Uh, okay, my first pick, as I've mentioned, is The Gene, An Intimate History by Siddhartha Mukherjee. And this is exactly what it sounds like. He takes a really deep dive, like the deepest of dives, into um, our understanding of the science of heredity, but also the social and cultural significance of heredity and how we understand it and how our understanding of it has evolved. So he starts uh, way back with Aristotle and other philosophers who were guessing about um, how people inherit genes and or how people inherit traits from their mother and father and uh, how closely that was tied to the very strange but creatively wrong uh, interpretations of how reproduction worked, including like the 
the people who thought that uh, sperm contained, like that semen contained like little tiny human beings, like little tiny homunculuses or homunculi um, who like then were put into a woman and then they grew and they became a person. <laughs> That's how babies were made and how like uh, genes got passed on. Basically, <laughs> the birds, the bees and Ant-Man. <laughs> um and he moves up to sort of the steps by which um, philosophers first began to understand or, or at least get closer to understanding how heredity worked. Then right up to Gregor Mendel, he of the many different pea plants who finally was the first one to crack the code of recessive and dominant traits. And he was making hybrids and did those Punnett squares that you had to do in biology class in ninth grade. Um, and really fascinatingly, his first mentor was Doppler, the guy who did discovered that how you hear, how you perceive a sound changes relative to where you stand um, when the sound is occurring or if the thing making the sound is moving or if you're moving, the intensity of the sound changes, you know, like when a train passes by and the pitch changes. So like there was just this hive of interesting scientific stuff happening among these monks because uh, Gregor Mendel was a monk. Um, and then he moves up to modern day through the through all of the developments of our understanding of heredity. And he talks about Darwin and the things that Darwin got right and the things that Darwin missed when he was uh, talking about evolution and heredity. And the thing that Siddhartha Mukherjee does, like this book would be fascinating if it were just about the science. He's such an excellent writer that it's really interesting and compelling from the get-go. Like I said it about his book about cancer, which is called The Emperor of All Maladies, like that you don't think you want to read a 600-page book about cancer. Um, and I think you also probably think that you don't want to read a 600 100-page book about the discovery of the gene, but you really, really do. He's such an excellent storyteller. And then the icing on the cake is that he weaves in seamlessly personal narrative and stuff about social significance um, with these discoveries. So the frame for this book is uh, that his family has mental illness running uh, through, I think, both sides of it. And uh, he opens it on a visit back to some family members who are being treated for mental illness. One of them has schizophrenia and talking about his father um, wondering, you know, if he was going to have it, uh, if if they were, you know, going to pass that on to their children. This was a thing that the members of his family have always worried about um, is who else is going to develop this because now we know this runs in our family. And, you know, most families have something like that, some trait or some, you know, maybe it's an addiction history, something that we know is tied to genetics now that people think about like, would I pass this on to my children or have I inherited this from my parents? Um, and so he gives us his personal story about that as he's talking about, you know, the science that led up to this. And it's just a really beautiful connection of the big picture science with the, you know, microcosms of each of our lives. He's just, he's so good. Uh, he won the Pulitzer for the Emperor of All Maladies. This book should win awards also. Um, again, it's called The Gene and Intimate History, and it's by Siddhartha Mukherjee. Okay. It's you. It's me. Uh, our first sponsor this week is Penguin Random House Audio. Uh, we are into the season of outdoorsiness. And if you are exercising because you want to be in shape for the summer or exercising outdoors now because it's nice and you can actually go for a run and not be freezing, you might want to try listening to an audiobook to help you pass the time, keep you company, and you know increase the number of books that you're reading this year if, like us, you're keeping your spreadsheets and trying to you know read more all the time. Um, I don't know any 
any reader who feels like they actually have enough reading time in their life. I don't think there is such a thing. And audiobooks are a really great way to help you get more reading time in your daily life. Um, so if you're going running, uh, tryaudiobooks.com is a great place for you to go to get some listening suggestions uh, for books that'll keep you going while you're getting fit. Uh, they also have tons of other categories, so you can click on those and check out recommendations for books to listen to during a bunch of your different activities. They have some that are um, focused on family-friendly things. So if you're getting ready for like a Memorial Day family road trip or some summer travel with the kids and you want to listen to something that the whole family can enjoy, Penguin Random House Audio has you set up there. And because Penguin Random House is the biggest publisher and they publish a ton of great books, you will just not run out of excellent options. Uh, if you have not incorporated audiobooks into your life yet, I can't encourage you enough to give it a shot. Again, go to tryaudiobooks.com for listening suggestions that will keep you busy this season, specifically if you are running and exercising outdoors, but they have really tons of them. Uh, so thanks to Penguin Random House Audio. Again, it's tryaudiobooks.com. All right. All right, roll on. My next pick is called Roses and Rot. It's by Kat Howard. Such a good title. Yeah, such a good book. It's so good. Um, I've been following Kat on Twitter, I think, for like seven years now. And this is her first novel, I believe, or first published novel. And it's so good. And it's so interesting, like, to see how true she is to, like, herself and her interests, like, how much of her you can see mm. in this book. Like, it's a really great feeling to, to be like, this is her. This is, like, actually her we're reading in the book. Um, it's about two women... Uh, named Imogen and Marin. Uh, Imogen is a writer. Marin is a ballerina. Um, they have a mother who makes Joan Crawford look like mother of the year. Um, it opens with like Imogen escaping to college um, and having to leave Marin behind with their mother. Um, and then fast forward to uh, several years. They're they're grown. They're out of school. Um, Marin convinces Imogen to take. To apply for a scholarship to go to this prestigious art colony in New Hampshire. Um, and did I already say that? Im no. Imogen is no. a writer and Marin is a ballerina. And she's really, really good. Um, but she's, she wants to be better. And there's a great teacher there. And, she, and there's a writer at the colony that she knows that Imogen loves. So she convinces her to apply. And they actually make it. And so now they're going to go spend nine months living in this artist colony. You know, rent free. All Everything's paid for. All they have to do is work on their craft or not work on their craft, you know, just, like, think about what they're doing. Um, and it just seems like, it seems too good to be true. Like, Marin is, like, all about it, and Imogen is a little skeptical. Um, but, you know, she goes along, and it's fantastic. Like, it's beautiful there. It's in New Hampshire. It's, like, magical, like, leaves changing and, you know, sunshine and lakes and all this stuff. And she gets to work with her favorite writer, um, you know, go and talk to her about like what she's working on or, you know, her craft and all the stuff. And, and there are some cute boys there and it just all seems to be going really well, but they both are experiencing these sort of things where like they might be hearing something or they might be seeing something. Um, and they go to these, these gatherings of fair folk at night where it's like crafts and dancing and music but it's all, like, a little too magical, and they're not really sure what's going on. Um, and as it progresses, you know, they're going to have to decide what's really happening at the school and what's really happening uh, between them. Like, up until now, you know, they, they were sisters. Um, they're very close, but the school is, is going to kind of change the relationship between them. 
Um, and it's just, it's awesome. It's just so magical. I just, I love it. It's like an urban, not even urban, it's like a contemporary fairy tale. It's just, it's beautiful. Um, it reminds me a little bit, like, especially the ballet part. Um, it's not a great example because it's not a horror story, but like when she goes to the school, it's very much like um, Suspiria by Dario Argento, which is like my favorite horror movie. It's this Italian horror movie. So if you've seen it, you know what I'm talking about. Um, but again, now I'm just getting off subject. The book is called Roses in Rot, and it's by Kat Howard. Oh, I can't wait to read that. It sounds so good. It's so good. And like I said, I just I love how much of Kat is like, in this book. She's so, like, on brand. <laughs> you know? Good job being genuine, Kat. Yes. Um, it's it's not everyone can do it. It's true. That's really true. Um, speaking of genuine, my next pick is Shrill by Lindy West. Uh, she is a prominent feminist writer online, and she's a media critic. And this is a book of essays. Uh, it's fantastic and so funny. She is a very funny woman. And so the essays are about feminism. Uh, they are about uh, fatness. She writes about herself as a fat woman and dealing with not just uh, body image, but also about how you know generally terrible uh, American culture and the internet are uh, towards overweight people and what her experience of that has been and the activism that she works on and has taken up uh, for body positivity and also for uh, generally people not being terrible to each other. Uh, she writes about friendships and relationships and love and sex and her working experiences, sort of a little bit of everything. It's a, basically a memoir in essays uh, that are sharp and funny. And she really balances the points that she's making, which are very sharp points. Um, and some of them some of it is medicine that might not go down easily uh, with a really fun sense of humor. She's such a smart woman and so bold um, and really just has paved the way for a lot of other feminist writers online. She was writing um, in the early days of the internet. She was a media critic writing uh, movie reviews for a paper in Seattle. Um, she was working for Dan Savage. Uh, he was the editor there at the time when uh, she went from uh, basically anonymous where people knew her name. She was bylined on this, the um, posts that she wrote on the reviews that she wrote for the paper's website. And people would comment and like agree or disagree. But then the internet got a little bit more advanced and people started, you know, being able to Google her and figure out who she was and what she looked like. And it was sort of like the dawn of the troll era where uh, disagreeing comments were, became abusive and became very personal. And she writes about how she dealt with that in her workplace and what it's like um, to deal with that as a daily part of her working life as someone who writes about being fat and being a feminist on the internet. Um, it's uh, I've been on the receiving end of not nearly as much online abuse as she has. And the way that she writes about it is so right and true, but also her experiences with it just so exceed uh, what I've dealt with. And I don't know that I would have hung around uh, for as long as she has. It's really remarkable. I know you loved a part about Robin Hood. Yes, uh, that, that was so funny. <laughs> There's some fun analogies about like uh, dawning sexual identity and the Robin Hood movie, <laughs> the Disney <laughs> ro animated yes. Robin Hood movie, which now you just need to read the book so that we don't have to ex try to explain that on yeah. the show. So uh, but I've been I've been following her work online and following her on Twitter for several years, and this also felt just like her. Um, it's her voice, uh, like with any 
collection of essays, you're going to like some and not like others or agree with some more than you agreed with others. But overall, I thought it it hung together really well. And if you are you know looking to add to your feminist reading collection, you don't want to miss Shrill by Lindy West. Yay. Mm-hmm. It's my turn. Yep. All right. I am excited to talk about this next book um, because I think it's so fantastic. Uh, it is The Fireman by Joe Hill. Um, full disclosure, Joe is a pal of mine and I did read a very early copy of this, but everyone that I've talked to just absolutely loves it. And I'm so glad because it's so fantastic. I think it's his best yet. Um, and it's a really great book to take into the summer. It's just, it's big and it's fun and epic and it's really awesome. Uh, it's about a disease called dragon scale. It's this spore that somehow people get inside them. It's really, really contagious and it's spreading around the country and it gives people like these black gold sort of scales like a dragon, like these shimmering scales. But eventually, like people start to smoke, like their actual bodies start to smoke a little what? bit. Right. Yeah. And then, you know, eventually they go up in flames. And That's like the mass bonkers. panic of someone going up in flames causes people around them who have it to go up in flames. And it's it's just millions of people are dying. It's it's all over the world and they don't know what causes it and they don't know how to get rid of it. Um, and there's a woman, a young woman named Harper. She is a nurse and she's working on a ward uh, of people who are in, have dragon scale, um, trying to help them out. You know, people keep, more people keep showing up. People keep showing up. Uh, the, the country is getting a little out of control. There are, you know, conspiracy theories and, you know, groups who are taking matters into their own hand and, like, trying to get rid of people who have dragon scale. Um, and Harper and her husband have said that if the time comes that they become infected with the disease, that they will take matters into their own hands. Like, they will go together. Like, they will go out together because they don't want this horrible thing to happen to them. But it turns out that Harper gets pregnant and mm. then can, she um, contracts dragon scale. But she has decided that she no longer, you know, wants to, to take her life. She wants, you know, to, to have the baby and, and see what happens. Even though, like, the world is crazy and it's a horrible place and... You know, so her husband comes a little unhinged. She's not really happy about that. Um, and so she flees the house. And she encounters a man called the Fireman. Who is sort of this, like, enigmatic character who has dragon scale, but has managed to control it. He knows how to harness its power and and keep himself from, like, going up in flames. And he brings her to this group, this, like, hidden camp uh, in New Hampshire, where all these other people with dragon scale are living. Like, they're like, this is us now. We're cut off from the world. We're a community. This is our life now. And everyone, you know, has to work together and, to you know, keep our secret and stay here and all the stuff. Um, and so she she goes there and becomes, like, the camp nurse, the camp doctor. Um, but, you know, like, groups of people, we've all seen Lost. We've all read Lord of the Flies. Um, <laughs> not everybody agrees with everything not everyone makes great decisions um and so it's like as the world is falling down more and more around them and these like crazy unhinged groups of people who are seeking to to exterminate people with dragon scale are you know coming closer and closer to the camp um and the internal fighting is going on um harper has to decide what she's going to do as she gets closer and closer to having her baby um it's just it's fantastic it's a really great you know, metaphor for the world and, and what, you know, mass hysteria and the media. And it's 
great. I mean, I just, it, like I said, it's his best yet. Um, it's so much fun and so interesting. And again, it is called The Fireman by Joe Hill. Woo woo. Yeah, that might be another one that you'd want to check out for the plane. Yeah, that would be a good one. I haven't read that one yet. I just got, I read Nosferatu when it came out a few years ago, but I just downloaded it on audio so that uh, I can listen to it while I'm like lying about at the beach this summer and scare myself silly. <laughs> yeah, this one, this one is not as like scary as Nosferatu, um, but it's, it's just so fantastic. I, I loved it. So um, I'm excited. Yeah. Now, speaking of love. Oh, oh, look at that. Let me segue into our next sponsor. Um, our next sponsor is Send Me Swooning. Do you love romance reading? Finally, there's a monthly literary romance subscription box that will satisfy all your romantic reading desires. Each month, Send Me Swooning will send you a carefully selected, sexy, sassy romance book and elegant gifts curated for the romance reader. Their very first box ships later this month and is beautifully designed around classic romance heroines. If you can't get enough romance reading in your life, you need Send Me Swooning monthly subscription box. Prices start at $31.99 for the one-month plan. You save more when you choose a three- or six-month subscription, and all the books listeners will receive a 10% discount off your first month. So if you visit SendMeSwooning.com and use the code ALLTHEBOOKS, you will receive 10% off your first month. And we all know love stories make the best summer reads, so you can subscribe now to get sexy, sassy romance in your mailbox this summer. Excellent. Yeah, there's some more beach reading for you right there. You'll be smoking, but it won't be because you have dragon scale. <laughs> oh, look what you did. <laughs> Clever girl. Uh, um, I'll move on to my next pick this week. It's 32 Yolks by Eric Repair. Uh, if you have been a longtime Anthony Bourdain fan, as I have, you know of Eric Repair for being Bourdain's best friend. Uh, he's also the Michelin-starred chef at Le Bernardin in New York and a very well-known uh, French chef in his own right. Uh, very accomplished, cool, interesting guy. This is his first memoir. Uh, it's that coming-of-age story of a chef. Uh, his repair's life sort of fell apart when he was a young boy. His parents had a really bitter divorce, uh, and his mother, he and his mother moved away with her new boyfriend, and he was not happy uh, as a child about this, but sort of found comfort in the kitchen and found himself through the act of cooking. And this is the story of that, of how he learned to love food and cooking, and then also how he eventually became the incredible, well-known chef that he is today. Uh, there's a lot less drug use in it than there is in like Kitchen Confidential. <laughs> um, it felt much more uh, to me like Yes Chef by Marcus Samuelson, which is another really excellent chef memoir. Um, I don't know how chef memoirs became a thing, but I'm super glad that they did. I love a good like, here's how I first fell in love with, you know, the meditative act of stirring a pot. Uh, <laughs> it, it, like, it sounds cheesy, but it so works for me. I love that. Um, I love to cook. And so uh, people who really know what they're doing and think so carefully and philosophically about what food means to them and what food means to people and what it means to cook for other people, I just, it rings all my bells. And Repair is a really smart, interesting guy. So I'm not quite finished with this memoir yet, but I've been enjoying it so far. And again, it's called 32 Yolks, uh, you know, like the middle of eggs by Eric Repair, R-I-P-E-R-T. You know how we talk about like, 
people have like gaps like they don't read certain genres or they don't read Mm -hmm. you know like I try to read everything but like food books are the area that I don't ever go like as oh that's someone who eats vegan I try and stay away from like food (laughs) books because inevitably (laughs) I I get sad (laughs) yeah it's like like, I read blood bones and butter and I was like I was gonna "Mm." say (laughs) yeah there are whole chapters in some of Bourdain's memoirs that are dedicated to like you know when you're smearing bone marrow onto crusty French bread. I just know that I shouldn't go there. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm the person in the horror movie who would not go down in the basement. Like, I just would not. I resist the temptation. I'm just like, it's just going to be bad. Just don't <laughs> so even open movie, that it's door. It's like three minutes long. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I have, there's no horror movies. My horror movies sound like. So, oh, is it me? Is it my last book? It's you. It's your last one. Okay. My last pick. It's great because we were just talking in the last podcast about how funny is so hard to do. And I found a funny one. It is called Kevin Kramer Starts on Monday by Debbie Graber. It comes from the fabulous Unnamed Press. I talk about them all the time. I love them. Um, If you liked your committee members by Julie Schumacher, or if you like Dating Your Mom, not Dating Your Mom, but the book by (laughs) Ian Frazier, this is a great pick for you. Also, if you haven't read Dating Your Mom, oh my god, that book is so freaking hysterical. I love that book. Anyway. Um, this is a book of short stories, and they all seem, they mostly all revolve around work, um, and also about delusions, like, most of the people in these books are seriously delusional. Um, one of them is about a software employee that people start a rumor about his filthy car, or they start discussing his filthy car, and it sort of builds, and now he's becoming, like, this legendary, scary character, and there's all these rumors, and nobody knows what's true and what's not, and there are internal memos being sent about him. (laughs) Um, there's one about... There's an author who is writing a book where she sends someone to a school called Northinger Abbey, but not that Northinger Abbey, and, like, nobody's read Northinger Abbey, really, anyway, if you're, like, one of three people, and she, like, she talks about, like, a, no one really has read the Jane Austen book, um, and she's, like, also making suggestions, like, for book club discussions, like, what you would want to ask about her fabulous new book that's about Northinger Abbey, which is not anything <laughs> to do with the Jane Austen book, um, and it's really funny. And there's a great one of employee memos regarding the disappearance of the software engineers who showed up for work on Friday and their cars are in the parking lot, but nobody knows where they went. Um, <laughs> and then they've hired replacements, but, you know, nothing's going well. Uh, there's a guy who talks about being a winner um, who dresses up as Chewbacca for work and walks <laughs> around on the sidewalk in Hollywood. Um, yes. But, like, he is, he's telling the story of, like, how he knows who's a winner and who's a loser. Um, and he's definitely a winner. Um, the title story is, uh, Kevin Kramer starts on Monday about a company who is excited for Kramer, Kevin Kramer to start his job, although it turns out that his resume and his general attitude is really kind of just like smoke and mirrors and he's a big loser <laughs> and things aren't going to go well for them. Um, then there's one about a woman who is throwing a surprise wedding shower for her estranged sister. Like she sends out an email to her sister's friends because she can't call her because she won't give her her phone number. And she's going to be throwing it in her sister's house. (laughs) She doesn't know how, but it's going to happen. She needs everyone else on the email chain to do everything else because, you know, she's not allowed in the house and she can't talk to her sister. Um, There's one about an office worker who has decided that he's going to remain celibate until marriage. And then the office temp comes and she's really hot and sexy and he thinks that she's been sent by the devil to tempt him. (laughs) It's awesome. They're so funny. Great. Yeah, there is one part that I wanted to read, and no, I don't know where I put my book. So um, we don't really do, you know, read alouds anyway. So it, uh, again, it is called Kevin Kramer Starts on Monday, and it is by Debbie Graber. 
I'm putting that on my list. Yeah. I'll, I'll give it to you when we go to BE. I'll bring oh, it with me yes, right now. Yes, we're going to see each other. Yes. Awesome. Uh, okay, my last pick this week is one that I have not read yet since, you know, trying to do two weeks worth of reading in one week. Uh, but I'm really looking forward to it. I've heard great things. It's called Action, a book about sex by Amy Rose Spiegel. Uh, it's all nonfiction for me this week. Uh, this is a mix of Spiegel's personal sexual memoir with uh, real life applicable to most people who aren't just her advice about love and sex and relationships. Uh, it's It boils down to trust yourself and be respectful of other people people like don't do things to them that they don't give you consent uh, to do and that uh, she wants to give advice and be non-judgmental for whatever uh, might ring your bells and um, to you know kind of be that non-judgmental supportive friend by way of telling you her own life story and uh, giving advice through it uh, I love a good book about sex I love a good memoir um, hopefully this will be the best of both of those and again it's called action a book about sex by Amy Rose Spiegel have you okay. read Vow of Celibacy yet? No. Oh, it comes out in the fall. That is, I can't wait. We're gonna, I've been seeing it all over yeah. Twitter. Yeah, I'm going to have to let you talk about it because <laughs> you're going to want to. Are we going to have to fight over it? Yeah. yeah, it's so good. But that just reminded me. I'm looking forward to you that You definitely want to check that out. So, there you go. Ah, that's our new books this week. What are you going to read on your bus journey? Oh, well, um, I'm going, tonight I don't read on the bus. No, okay, that's a bad idea. <laughs> Nobody wants that because <laughs> uh, I get motion sickness. So tonight, and then when I get to my hotel, I'm in the middle of The Red Car by Marcy Dermansky. Oh, um, I, I love her so much. I know. She's so super nice. And because we had her at the store once, I got to meet her. She was great. Um, she Her first book, Twins, is fantastic. Her last book, Bad Marie, about a woman who is bad. Shocker. Um, that was so much fun. And this one is about a woman who lives in Queens and her former mentor dies in an accident and leaves her her very fancy red sports car. And it kind of like changes her life. She has to travel out to California to claim the car. Um, and it's awesome. So what are you going to read? I don't know. <laughs> I don't. I genuinely don't know. Um, I'm going to pick something to take with me on the plane, but we don't leave until Tuesday. So I might, you know, I'll read tonight. I'll read on Monday and then I'll take something on the plane with me. But I have found like never, I think this is my seventh BEA and never have I ever actually read anything during BEA week. Like it's just so tiring. And then I go back to the hotel and I collapse for the night and do the same thing again. Um, so I don't know what I'm going to read. It'll be a surprise. And then after BEA, I usually read something that I got at the show on the flight home. So I'm just going to fly by the seat of my pants and not be planned. Because um, you have knows? to wear pants at BEA. You do. They sent us specific emails <laughs> saying you have to wear pants. Please remind Liberty and Rebecca <laughs> of the social necessity of pants. Yeah, uh, yeah I don't know what I'm going to read next. I like, I like to you know surprise myself sometimes, so I'm not sure. Um, okay, so that wraps up our show for the week. We will, of course, be back when you're listening next week, but it's going to be two weeks for us before we get to hang out together. And before we go, I want to remind you all that if you want to hang out with us live, you can do that in November on November 12th and 13th in New York City at Book Riot Live. It's our second big weekend event. We will be doing a live version of this podcast, which will be ridiculous and fun. Uh, who knows what <laughs> stories we'll tell this year because we told some weird ones last time. <laughs> Did we? I, I don't do remember. I've blocked it out. I told my Terry Tempest Williams oh, yeah. with the wild turkey <laughs> story. Oh, yeah. 
Um, Maybe we'll have uh, Liberty Chase George Saunders around the convention yes, center yeah. story. Who knows what new stories we'll even have to tell by November. We I'm miss sure that her. Plenty. Did you, did you, it'll be that time I bailed Liberty out of BEA jail. Yes. Uh, if you've been thinking about coming to Book Riot Live, go ahead and register before May 31st, because if you do that, you'll get $40 off your ticket. You will get first crack at RSVPing for special events and for the panels with our headline speakers that will require RSVPs. And you'll get a free Book Riot Live water bottle because staying hydrated is a good thing. So go to bookriotlive.com. You can see the speakers that have been announced so far. We're going to be continuing to announce more and more of them. We'll be there. Most of the Book Riot crew will be there. A bunch of other book nerds will be there and you can also search the br live hashtag on twitter and check it out um check out the roundups that we did on book riots so you can see what other people's experiences were like last year it was a really great time uh, and felt just like happy book nerd camp for a weekend so we'd love to meet you there bookriotlive.com thanks again to our sponsors penguin random house audio go to try audiobooks.com to get recommendations for audiobooks to listen to during whatever activity you're going to undertake in the great outdoors this summer and send me swooning go to sendmeswooning.com and use the offer code all the books to get 10% off your first sub monthly subscription from them uh, let's see what else there's more things I'm just talking uh, you can drop us a line at all the books at bookriot.com hit us up on Twitter I'm Rebecca Shinsky S-C-H-I-N-S-K-Y Liberty is Miss Liberty and if you've got a minute to rate or review the show on iTunes we would certainly appreciate that and now I'm done <laughs> all right and as much as we would love to tell you about more books out today, we just don't have the time, but you can read about more titles out now in the show notes at bookriot.com slash all the books, as well as a link to our weekly new books newsletter. I wanted to say, like, everybody say it with me now, but I realize, like, it's just you and I, and so <laughs> I won't be. Maybe I'll save that for, like, the live podcast. <laughs> it's not really working, you know, just you and me and the squirrels. We can do it. <laughs> all right. Well, happy all right. reading. Happy reading. Happy reading.